0: Hi, that was Brittany, and that's Jonathan.
1: Welcome to Real Time Talk.
0: Yeah, I guess we don't say that every time.
1: No, we don't. All right. We're terrible hosts.
0: <laughs> okay, so this week we're talking about revival. So, um, I'm going to ask Jonathan to kind of give us a little explanation of what revival has looked like, at least in his experience.
1: Boring. No, like revivals are, for me, from my experience they look pretty much the exact same as evangelistic series. It's just an evangelistic series targeted at towards the church. So pretty much it's like, a, usually like a week long, uh, program where every night, uh, there's like a mini church service where they have a speaker who presents and usually they're very good. It's not saying that they're not good. It's just they're the exact same thing as evangelistic series. And sometimes they don't always target the people you want them to target. So. Yeah, I find them a little in the depending on who the speaker is, I just find them kind of tedious to go to, but when I'm there, the speaker's usually very good.
0: I, I've I think I've been to one revival series for our church, which I thought was an evangelistic series and worked really well as an evangelistic series, and if it yeah. was supposed to be a revival, well.
1: <laughs> I, can't remember.
0: I don't know, but um I do. I've ha- I have been to evangelistic series, and I mean, those are meant to um, reach people who are new to the faith, and revivals are supposed to be for people who have already been in the faith and to bring them back to the faith. So, in the lesson from this week, we kind of there's a we we talk about Hezekiah and um and his reign, and um the lesson kind of gives us a three step process for revival, um. And the first step in here is seeking God's will. So really, um, actually repenting and wanting deliverance from sin.
1: And I think that's what most um, revival series target is just the first step, which is seeking God's will, getting people to realize that they need to seek God. And that's great that you get a lot of people, you get the whole church to, you know, want to seek God's will. But what's the follow up after that? Because sometimes you'll have a revival series, everyone feels pumped at the very end. And then next Sabbath is just right back to the same old church service.
0: So then the second step is, is sacrifice. So doing away with the things that are halting your Christian walk. And I think that might be where the revival series are lacking because there is no follow-up to make sure that the people are not struggling, or if they are struggling, that they have the help that they need to remove the things that are stopping them from finding God again.
1: Also, like, a lot of people, when they hear, like, uh, sacrifice, like, you have to sacrifice um, what's holding you back from Christ, a lot of people think um, of baptism, of that's the sacrifice, and for people who've already been baptized, they don't think they have to sacrifice anything else, and so that's when the revival series kind of trips up, because there's several people who don't believe in getting re-baptized, and I understand why. But there has to be something where people can, like, I don't know, visualize or, you know, uh, physically see um, the fact that they're sacrificing. And I remember one thing that we did in our South School classes, I got 12 rocks from home. Um, They're decent sized rocks. And I built a little altar and I cut out some little uh, paper lambs. And I had all the kids uh, write the one thing that was holding them back from Christ uh, on the on the lambs we fold them in half we put them on the rocks and then i used a blowtorch and torched them
0: <laughs> honestly the kids really enjoyed that it, it gave them a visual aspect of yeah. i'm getting rid of this thing and it's a commitment to getting rid of that thing stopping you from finding christ right mm-hmm.
1: and it wasn't like i read the papers either it was it was a private paper that they had and that they could actually physically see that it was like they were putting that on the altar to be sacrificed something like that is what revivals need maybe not bringing a giant torch into the church and start torching a bunch of paper lambs and then catch the church on fire but you i think that's what sometimes revivals are missing that kind of another physical or visual symbol like baptism for people to actually say i am sacrificing this because not foot washing doesn't always um get people in that mindset
0: yeah definitely and then the last step in the lesson was celebration so to rejoice together in your alive again faith so the word revival actually comes from the latin word that means to be alive again so the last the last part is celebration and i think oftentimes revival series will do the first step and then the last step and they'll completely skip the step of actually getting back to Christ because they're not actually giving up the things that are stopping them from finding him in the first place.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's harder. It it sometimes can be harder for uh, large churches for to actually organize something where with the sacrifice part and everyone loves a good celebration. But if you're just celebrating being the same old, same old, you literally have not accomplished anything, especially as a, a revival. And that's not what you're supposed to be doing
0: and i i think that the the sacrifice part might be a very personal part but i think that it's very important for the church to have follow-ups because you know even for evangelistic series people get baptized but then if there's no follow-up after the baptism after your baptism is the hardest time because that's when the devil fights at you most because you've just decided fully that you're going to give your life to christ and he will fight you for it and that's when he'll do it and at least in my experience, the church doesn't really follow up with you until like six months later and they're like, how are you doing? Great. Cool. They don't, they don't stick with you after your baptism.
1: Also, um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, I remember what I was going to say. It was that a lot of people think that follow-up means sending an elder to go and talk to the person. That's not what follow-up means. Okay. Yes, that works for some people, but, what the church is forgetting that doesn't work for everyone. That may only work for a third of the population because some people as we know there's visual audio and then there's hands-on people all right so if if a follow-up is audio, you're actually missing two-thirds of the people. you are literally getting a failing grade. So you need to have a hands-on and a visual um, kind you need to make sure you're catering to all kinds of people. Because not everyone wants an elder to show up and call them and say how they're doing and stuff like that.
0: I mean, personally, I'd be like, oh, why are you calling me? Please don't. Like,
1: I'm sorry. I'm, i I got, I got better things to do, like plan my next board proposal or something like that. Like, I don't have time to sit down and chat with you about how I'm doing.
0: Honestly, I would prefer, like, a letter in the mail. That's yeah. something physical that you can get. And it's like, wow, okay, they actually took the time to sit down and think about what they were going to write.
1: Exactly. So, like... There are different ways that you can follow up with people, and like, like even now when during the quarantine, you could have them submit like a a little video, and like you have to keep, remember that you have to respect people's privacy. So like, if they're like, "I'm sacrificing," I don't know, an addiction, they'd be like, "I I'm sacrificing an addiction I had to God," and tell them you don't have to name your addiction unless you don't want to, and have them like send in a video like, "I'm still doing strong, keep praying for me," like follow ups like that, and then you could show them the church like this person needs prayer if the person wants it but there are different things that you can do and i don't think well i know our church isn't doing it but i think a lot of churches need to reconsider that thing that they need to reconsider the sacrifice and the follow-up
0: i mean actually i would i would very much like to receive feedback on what other churches are doing for revival series because i think it'd be really cool and maybe we could help our church with it from ideas that you guys have that you guys have gone through but we do have ideas that we wanted to talk about a little bit for how we think at least in our church we could make revival series or just revival as a whole um more effective exactly more effective more like actually changing the church and not being a series and changing two people and then going back to the same old same old
1: because yeah, most revivals are pretty much just a feel-good, a feel feel-me-good feel kind of a, a vibe that everyone gets for about two, three weeks, and then it's over. For us, we're th- what a revival series should be targeting is those who are going to be the next generation leaders of the church. Because if you want to get people to go back to how they used to be when they first met Christ, you're spending too much effort on someone who is not going to be here in the next 20 years, who won't be in a position to... Who may not be in a position. I don't want to, like I know a lot of people who are still like 80 and 90 and healthy but like they're not the, they're not the leaders, the future leaders of the church. Stop spending so much time and money, you know, ministering to them when listen, kids are leaving the church because they're not getting the attention that they need and that they deserve.
0: And I think that the church focuses a lot on programs to get kids back to church and not keeping them in the church in the first place. Mm-hmm. And the thing is is that even in the the everyday life, outside of church, catering to the next generation leaders is where we need to go. Because look at politics. At least in Canada, if you have a prime minister that's only catering to the 1% of like super rich people that are really old, I mean, they're going to die eventually. And then the generation that's supposed to be taking over will know nothing about politics and what are you going to do then? The church will die if there's no young people to take over. So instead i mean i'm not saying to not minister to the old people oh no
1: no but the
0: revival series should be catered to the next generation leaders
1: yeah it should always uh, uh be targeted at them and like people try to do stuff for the kids but i feel like they're always going about the wrong way because i don't know why but like everyone just loves to preach and like i understand like you know you may enjoy preaching but not everyone likes to hear you preach most people don't like to hear you preach They want to hear what you're doing for them. They want to see what you're doing for them. Because as we know, Christ catered for people's physical and mental needs before he ever catered to their spiritual needs. And so I think we're doing it in the reverse. We're trying to cater to people's spiritual needs and then try to cater to their mental and physical needs. And people are just like, I don't care about your spirituality.
0: Yeah. And I mean the the whole preaching thing honestly for youth events I think it works better if there's a preacher that's actually youth yeah. because and and I've I've noticed it at least at our church when youth preach you can see that they are terrified that word the words coming out of their mouth is going to offend the older older generation and that sucks because I'm like people need to speak out because it's going to be their church soon and if they don't speak up then they're gonna leave and this church is just gonna crash and crumble
1: yeah facts
0: and i think that like you said like they they preach a lot but what do youth want to do they want to have fun and also love god at the same time and not relate god to uh sitting in a pew and talking
1: but also youth want to get out like whenever it's global youth day or whenever we have uh, an event that we host which is uh, the big give where we go out in the community and we get like uh, christian radio to uh, play music and stuff we offer free haircuts and it's like a free, like giveaway to all those people where they're going to shop for whatever they need. And there's food and stuff like that's things that people want to get involved with, that's the follow up that people need after mm-hmm. a revival, after you have your revival series, you need a big event. No, you're not a big event, but you need a, you need events like that not one, but you need events like that to get people to realize, cool. You've said you're revived, you sacrifice. Now go out there and do because faith without works is dead.
0: And it's a it's a call to action where you're actually realizing that now your faith is revived and you are needed within your community because sometimes you're revived and then you're just like oh I'm just here to like put more names in your church book you know like I know for me when I started going to church I was like what are we doing I want to go outside and help people I want to go downtown and give sandwiches to all the homeless people like let's do something that's Christ like and not church-like
1: exactly and so that's what we need to focus the follow-up for a revival series on so that people will after they get revived after they sacrifice they'll go to these events and then they'll realize okay this is what i need to keep doing and then encourage them to do that and that's what uh, elders and deacons and pastors should be following up on how is your witnessing going like did you enjoy this event what do you think we could have changed or are there any new events that we could do to keep the church in that um, on fire for Jesus kind of a, a a feeling?
0: And to also be known within the community, to keep the church known where when people are struggling, they know, ah, oh, I can go to that SDA church down the street because they're there for me once in a while when they have these big events. And they said that I could come to their church whenever. So be that church and give people that opportunity to be that church.
1: Yeah, I find it's kind of hard for our church to do that because our church is always locked and there's very few people there and like i understand like everyone has lives but you can't try to become that church where everyone's going to come to you whenever they need stuff whenever they need physical mental emotional and spiritual help and your doors are always locked and there's nobody there okay like it's It's kind of like you're saying, Oh, come here. But, uh, only from like 11 to three, if you have problems past three, yeah, sucks to suck. Like our doors are closed. Yeah. It's, you need to make sure that you are available on their time, not your time
0: i wonder if like you know how they have like youth like suicide helplines and stuff where you Mm -hmm. can like text the number and though somebody will talk to you i wonder if like having a phone number on the church door where if somebody walked up to the church and was like hey there's a number here and then you have people that are signed up as volunteers and it like goes to their phone and then you can just like text that person
1: that's actually a pretty good idea we should i just thought about that right now (laughs) yeah we should we should mention that at pastor that'd be that's actually a decent idea because like If people need help, you need to make sure that you are available, like I said, on their time, not your time, because Mm -hmm. when they need help, it's on their time. Like if they're struggling with suicide, it's not, they're not going to be like, oh, wait, the pastor's not available past three o'clock. Don't worry. I'll struggle with suicide tomorrow between 11 and three. That's not going (laughs) to (laughs) happen. That's not going to happen. So as a church, you need to make sure that if you can be an early, you can be open as early as possible and to, you know, and close as late as possible. So that way, if you're going to become that church and community where you just like, come to us, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's happening, we want to help you. You need to make sure that you put in place the thing. So like, sorry, we're closed, but we have a helpline
0: call mm-hmm. us
1: or leave us a message at the church's main number. And we'll follow back and we'll, uh, have a follow up with you within 24 to 48 hours, you know? Mm-hmm. But you need to put those things in place so they know that that's, that, that, that you're there for them.
0: But you also need to be that, that church first and have those people that have been revived realize that that's where they're needed. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you have to teach the people that you're reviving about outreach and about how hard it is to reach the people that have never been to church.
1: Yeah, it's like when... Uh... When when we were first talking and stuff like that, and, like, you would, like, call me at, like, 2 in the morning, and I'm, like, I don't even remember how I actually heard this phone call, because usually I sleep through everything. And then she called, and I picked up the phone. All right? So, like, you can't expect to minister to someone, to witness to someone on your own time. Like, sorry, I go to bed at 10. Well, if they call you at, you know, 3 in the morning, you best be up especially if you're asking God to help you with your outreach and to help you with your witnessing and your evangelism, you best get in that mindset of someone calls me to talk. You better be ready to answer the call.
0: And to be ready to answer whoever's call. Because God isn't going to send you someone who's comfortable and you're like, oh, I know everything about soccer and this is a professional soccer person. No. Okay. He's going to send you someone who is completely out of your comfort zone. Someone who you grew up your whole life going like, I could never help someone like that because they're like this and and it's, it's just too hard. They're already too far gone.
1: Yep. Christ never called us to be comfortable Christians. He called us to be uncomfortable Christians
0: so I think that that's uh, that's pretty much it for this episode um, I really want to hear your you guys ideas about uh, revival and what you guys do at your church or just ideas that you have because honestly we will use them and uh, get you involved if you <laughs> if you send us ideas so um, you can email us at info for you at gmail.com uh, or you can message us on Facebook, uh, where we're called real time talk. We're also on Instagram. Uh, I think it's real time underscore talk. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Uh, and yeah, so you can, you can also message us individually on Facebook if you have us on Facebook.
1: Yep. Make sure you all stay safe and wash your hands.
0: That is not the outro.
1: I know. I'm <laughs> just telling them to wash their hands. Stay in school.
0: Sabbath school. Stay in Sabbath school.